Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the upcoming prelims of UFC fight cards. This week, the UFC heads to Copenhagen, Denmark for a fun fight card that's headlined between Jack Hermanson and Jared Cannonier in a fight with, you know, surprising title contention uh, on the line. But as you guys know, on this show, we will not be talking about that fight whatsoever. That's right. This podcast is fully dedicated to the prelims, so that's where we are going to be focused. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, you're probably wondering to yourself, why exactly only talk about the prelims? Why not talk about the main card at all? And the answer is quite simple. The answer is because you probably know how you feel about that main event, even though it's a little bit more of an unconventional one. You probably know some of the names on the main card, like Gilbert Burns and Gunnar Nelson. But you probably don't know a lot of these names on the undercard, including a couple of debuting fighters. And we think that there's a lot of money to be made in both gambling and in daily fantasy sports using those names. So we're here to help you and make sure that you don't miss out on that money. And speaking of money and speaking of daily fantasy sports, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this episode and this show in general is exclusively sponsored by BSMMA.com. BSMMA.com is changing the way we play daily fantasy sports for MMA. And the reason is really quite simple. is because they have gotten rid of salary caps. Don't worry about it anymore. They have gotten rid of arbitrary scoring where you get points for leg kicks and you get points for, you know, jabs and things like that. Instead, they've boiled it down to just picking five winners, five rounds, and the methods in which they win, and that's it. You're going to get points for those, and you're going to watch your name go up the leaderboard. So, if that sounds interesting to you, I want you to check out your first contest on the house, head on over there, register for a username, use contest code PRELIM17, and get a free contest for a chance at a $20 Amazon gift card. Plus, you can play another free game on there, and make sure to check out their paid contests as well, bsmma.com. And to help you out with those picks over on bsmma.com, I've once again enlisted in a savvy co-host. You guys might know him as the owner-operator of MMA DNA, uh, and that is Marcel Dorf. Marcel, thanks so much for hopping on. Uh, thanks for having me again, man. I had a lot of fun last time out, so uh, yeah, let's get going, man. I'm looking forward to uh, to talking this card with you, man. Yeah, and th- this card is a great one too, and and certainly one that uh, that Europe has has been looking for as far as a strong card, top to bottom. Uh, as you guys know, we're gonna start the very first round by putting five minutes on the clock. And I actually want to start by talking about a fight that's a little bit lower on the card, and that's Sierra Bahadazada versus Ishmael Nardiev. It's a fight I really like. Uh, Bahadazada, he's two and one in his last in the last two years in his last three fights overall. He's got a TK win, TKO win over Rob Wilkerson and Luan Changas. He recently lost the decision loss to Curtis Millinder. Nardiev is one and one in the UFC. He had a great debut performance by beating Michelle Perserish, but then lost in his his sophomore effort against Chance Rencounter. So I got a question. You know, Ishmael Nardiev looks so good in the first fight, not good in the second fight. Which Nardiev do you think we see here? Yeah, it's hard to say, man, because uh, like you said, Nardiev looked good in his first fight. But uh, Michel Prezeras, he comes from lightweight and he went to welterweight. And uh, Chance Rancounter is pretty much a big welterweight. And uh, he couldn't in the, the Netherlands. He is also the uh, new coach of uh, Badahari. So uh, he's definitely doing on the striking. I don't know, man. It's hard to say this one. Um, I, I think um, if Nordiev wants to win this fight, he has to take Sierra down because Sierra is really more of a striking guy. But, uh, man, I think I think Sierra uh, wins this one. I think it's a very tough matchup for Nordiev, this one. 
And that's interesting. You think, uh, so obviously you're right. I, I think Nardiev, if he's able to get it to the ground, definitely has the advantage there. You know, his wrestling looked really good against Michel Prezerich. And it seems like you sort of agree. You just don't think it's going to go there. Do you think uh, Bahar Azarov stuffs his takedowns? Yeah, I think um, I, I honestly think he probably uh, he probably TKOs him in the first or second. I think that's going to happen. I think maybe he can take him to the ground, but I don't think he's going to finish him there. And I think uh, Bahar Azarov will uh, will probably finish the fight with with the stand up. I think that's a really good thing. Of a Bardozada, like you saw in, in, in other fights, you know, Bardozada struggles with guys who take him, who takes him to the ground, and uh, but I think he works on that, and uh, I think he can uh, he can get the finish here. All right, well that's interesting. I'm actually going to take Nardiev, and I'm going to take Nardiev by decision. I, I think he grinds this one out. I like how his wrestling looked against Prozerich, and, and even in the ones he wasn't able to finish the takedowns, I think he looked good in the clinch and stuff like that. So we're going to differ on the first one, but that's going to bring me to my second fight, which is another one that's a little bit lower on the card and I think is really exciting, and that's Lando Venata versus Mark Diacasey. Uh, Venata, you know, he hasn't won in four fights, two of them being losses, two of them being draws, uh, and then he did have most recently that win over Marcos Mariano, so he's won in two and two in his last five. Dia Casey recently brought, broke his three-fight losing streak with a decision win over Joe Duffy. You know, both of them just barely got back on the win side. We are way higher on them earlier on in their career. They both pretty looked pretty good grappling last time out. Is this sort of one of those instances where we're going to see the grappling cancel out, though, and see a striking match? Um, I expect a striking match, honestly. I think uh, Lando uh, also prefers the striking game. He, he, he won by submission against Marcos Mariano, but... We saw Mariano last weekend, and he's really not UFC material, let's be honest. And no, no disrespect to the guy, but come on. I mean, Mark Diacasey, on the other hand, he's training in the Netherlands right now. Uh, he's training with uh, Nick Hammers from uh, Hammers Gym, and uh, he's uh, shopping up his striking over there. Uh, he's also still uh, training his ground game. But, um, man, I think Diacasey didn't look that bad besides his fight against uh, Nasrat Hakparas. He didn't look that bad in his losses, man. And uh, he really did look good in, in the Joe Duffy fight, which was a do-or-die fight for him, literally. Uh, Lando Venata, like like you said last fight, he won the Kimura submission the first round against uh, Marcos Mariano. But I feel like Diacasey has the upper hand here, and I'm taking him by, uh, by decision, man. Yeah, and I think you're right, too, about him looking better in losses, right? And you mentioned the loss to Nasrat Hakparas that made him look real bad. Nasrat Hakparas has looked like a killer since then, too. You know, he had that really vicious KO in New Jersey on the, the Covington card. Uh, you know, he, he, so since then, he's looked good. And I think you're right here. I think Dia Casey's got the advantage on the feet. He's a little bit quicker. Uh, he also is a little bit smarter, I think, in the way that he fights, too, because Lando wastes a lot of energy on, like, spinning kicks and doing, you know, Superman punches and stuff like that. So uh, I I'm going to agree with you on this one. I'm going to go Mark Casey also by decision. And that's going to wrap it up for round number one. We are done with the first five minutes. We're going to take a quick break, talk to our sponsors, and we'll be right back with round number two. My favorite part about watching MMA fights is having a whole bunch of people over, taking bets and talking about who's going to win. I've actually got a bunch of friends coming over for UFC in Denmark early in the morning to my house because, of course, these fights are on a little bit earlier. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up my own 
create a contest option over on bsmma.com. I got my friends around. I'm going to set up the exact number of friends, the exact amount we all want to wager, and the exact payout structure. And that's the great thing about the create a contest option on bsmma.com. It's fully customizable, and it's the best way to play along with your friends while you're watching the big fights. I highly suggest checking it out over on bsmma.com. Now, back to the show. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Alan Amandowski versus John Phillips. So, uh, Amandowski, 0-1 in the UFC. He just lost a decision to Christoph Jocko in his debut. John Phillips, 0-3 in the UFC. He got back-to-back rear naked chokes by Charles Byrne and Kevin Holland. Then he lost to Jack Marshman, but I say that very, very sparingly. Like, he kind of lost to Jack Marshman by split decision. Looked like he won a, a decision there and, and kind of got screwed out of it. Both of these guys are big punchers with lots of knockout power. Whose chin or defense do you think holds up through this punching fight? Man, it's it's actually... I'm shocked this is the future prelim, to be honest. There are better prelims on this card, honestly. But let's go into it. John Phillips, uh, 0-3 in the UFC, like you said. Um, Yeah, what can you say, man? I mean, his last fight against Jack Marshman, he could have, maybe should have got the decision, like you said. But uh, I haven't been impressed by him so far, man. I think uh, he gasses very quick. He's not that good on the ground. He, he, he has to have it from a stand-up. And if you look at Amadowski, his UFC debut, I think it was a short-notice one, but he completely got dominated by Christoph Jotko. Um, yeah, this is such a hard fight to pick. I, I think Amadowski has the more cleaner striking, and that's why I'm picking Amadowski by a second-round TKO. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one, too. I think Amadovsky, he doesn't waste as much effort loading up on every single punch, right? Like, John Phillips throws 100% on every single punch he throws most of the time. I think Amadovsky's smarter. He sort of waits for those counters that are going to land. And I think you're right. End of the second round, early third round, you're going to see a tired John Phillips, and you're going to see an Amadovsky who can put him away. So I'm going Amadovsky by TKO, too. Uh, second point we're going to talk about in this round, well, let's talk about Macy Chiasan versus Lena Landsberg. So Chiasan, 3-0 in the UFC. She beat Sarah Morris, Gina Mazzani, and Pani Kianzad all by finishes. Lena Landsberg's 2-2 two two in her last four with decision wins over Tonya Evinger and Gina Mazzani. And she got beat by Yana Kunitskaya and Aspen Ladd. So this is a big step up for Chiasan, uh, who's a Fortis MMA product. But do you still think that this is a one-sided matchup for her? I don't know if it's one-sided because we all know Lena Landsberg. She takes lots of punishment, but she keeps coming, man. Um, but Macy Chasson, I mean, she's very impressive so far in the UFC. She had she had a tough fight against Sarah Morris last time out in the first round, but she completely turned out around with some uh, some great coaching from Safe Saoud, which is a really underrated coach in, in each corner of his fighters because he, he sees things and the fighters adopt that. So... Um, Man, how can you not go with Fortis MMA product at this time? I mean, even Steven Peterson did great last weekend by by a crazy spinning backfist knockout. Um, Lena Landsberg, super tough girl, uh, always comes to fight, always fights forward. But I think if Macy Chason really touches her on the chin, I think she goes down. So I'm I'm here having uh, Macy Chason by TKO in the second round. 
I'm going to call her too, but I actually like her ground game here. You know, I, I think she would almost be silly to stand in, in trade with Lena Landsberg. Because Landsberg like, likes to trade. She likes to throw elbows. She likes to get in the clinch. She likes to make it ugly. I think Chia-san would do herself good to take her down and look for the submission. Because I, I think the rear naked choke would probably be there after moving to the back. And, and that's actually what I'm going to predict here. I'm going to go with Chia-san early rear naked choke victory. And we got time for one more here in the second round. So we're going to squeeze this one in and that's Brandon Davis versus Giga Chiakazi and I'm probably slaughtered that but uh, Davis is one in three in his last four uh he got a rear naked choke on Randy Costa but he's been beat by Kyung Ho Kang Zabit Megamed Cherpov and Enrique Barzola Chiakazi is seven and two he's making his UFC debut he's a kickboxing veteran he's a glory guy and obviously his kickboxing credentials are pretty legit but if you've looked at his record on Tapology or wherever you look up records it's one of the more padded MMA records of all time. What do you think of that? I agree with you there, man. But, yeah, <laughs> I remember when uh, Nasrat Hakparas signed with UFC. We talked about him a few minutes ago. Um, he also had a, a sort of kind of record, which he had uh, all opponents was like 0-0 or 0-1-2 and 0-1-3. But look where he is now, man. So <laughs> it's hard yeah. to say, right? Yeah, that's definitely true. And, and as far as the kickboxing credentials, I think they set him up with a good guy in his first fight here. Brandon Davis, a guy who isn't afraid to stand in Trang. And, and he's a purple belt on the mat under Alan Belcher, which, it, you know, it's good. But it, I wouldn't say that that puts him in like an elite class or anything like that. So is he going to stand and trade with the kickboxer? I think uh, Brandon Davis is a... he. I really like his fighting style, man. Can guys kind of crazy if he fights, and I think he will, man. Honestly, but uh, I think if he is smart, he takes it to the ground. I mean, why would you trade with a kickboxer if you are not the kickboxer yourself? And the kickboxer is really relying on his kickboxing. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, if I was Davis, I took it to the ground. I don't know what he's gonna do, but um, yeah, I I'm taking him by decision, but I'm far from sure. Yeah, I'm far for sure for that, too, because I just have a feeling he's going to stand and throw with him, and that's such bad news. But So I, I'm also unconvincingly taking him by decision. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. we still got two more fights to get to in the third round, but of course, we'll take a quick break for our sponsors. The structure of BSMMA.com is really simple. We already talked about it. Pick five fighters, pick the way that they win, pick the rounds in which they win, watch your points add up. But what we didn't talk about was the unique bonuses that BSMMA.com has implemented in their game as well. And that's a really cool feature because if you know how the fight's going to go, because you're a knowledgeable fight fan, you have to be to be listening to this show, you can predict how that fight's going to go and get extra points for doing so. So for instance, if you've got a fighter on your, your card that you think, you know, maybe he's going to hit a whole bunch of takedowns, Make sure to add the 8C Slater bonus and pick up three extra points for every takedown they hit. And just by knowing those types of things, you're going to show the difference between somebody who knows a little bit about MMA and a lot of bit about MMA. So head on over to BSMMA.com and start making your picks today. And we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And first in this round, we're going to talk about Alessio DeChirico versus Mahmoud Morodov. So, DeChirico, 1-1 one one in the UFC. He beat Julian Marquez in his debut and then lost the decision to Kevin Holland. Morodov is making his UFC debut with a very experienced 22-6 record, 
back-to-back KOs over UFC vets and Wendell Oliveira in Alberta, Utah. He, of course, is on the Floyd Mayweather Team Money. Uh, and, and he's got his name behind the first-ever Uzbek in the UFC here. Do you think he's got the skills, or does he just have the backing? I think he has both, honestly. <laughs> I think he has the backing, he has, he has the skills. He uh, beat two UFC veterans in his last two fights, both uh, stoppage wins. Um, he's on a roll, man. I, I really like how he puts his striking together. He's very, he's very solid, man. Um, on the other hand, you had Alessio DiCirico. Honestly, I think he should be on a three-fight winning streak because I think he defeated Kevin Holland, but that's my opinion. It's not official, so he lost his last fight. Uh, he was supposed to fight Peter Sabata, who pulled out due to an injury. Uh, Muradov, short notice replacement, I think one and a half week before the event. But, um, man, I, I'm I'm got to go with the Muradov here, man. I think he, uh, he finishes him in the second round by a knockout. Yeah, and I, I think it's crazy, too, that we're talking about his knockout power because he does clearly have some crazy knockout power. His wrestling is also very, very impressive. Like, you know, he's got some some high-angle takedowns, but also it can just absolutely crack. So I, I think this is a guy we're going to see hanging around this division for quite some time. Uh, and, and certainly a name to watch out for in the future. To Kiriko on short notice, no joke. But yeah, I'm going to go with Muradov, uh by TKO as well. And that actually brings me to the, one of the fights that I'm most excited about. But I'm like one-sidedly excited about this fight. And that's Jack the Tank Shore versus Noel and Hernandez. Shore making his debut. He's 11-0 with 10 finishes. And he's the Cage Warriors Bantamweight champ. And of course, we've heard that before. Cage Warriors Bantamweight champs. Conor McGregor, Michael Bisping, Ioana Janjacek. Certainly no shortage of names there. And then he's going to be fighting Noel and Hernandez, who's 0-1 with a submission loss to Marlon Vera on short notice in his debut. I, among many other people, are really high on Jack Shore on his way into the UFC, and now that he's in the UFC, can he live up to that hype? Ah, uh, yeah, I think he can, man. I mean, this is, uh, is this the first fight of the night? Yeah, it is, right? Yeah, it's the first that's, fight. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, man. I think this should be higher on the card, to be honest. So Jack Shore, he, he's a fan favorite, and in, 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 in Wales, of course, he's from he's from Wales. Uh, very, very good fighter, very technical on the ground. Uh, showed it in his last fight against Scott Malone, but the rear naked choke win uh, was earlier this year. Uh, Noelina Hernandez, uh, he took a fight on short notice with uh, Marlon Vera, but he wasn't training already to fight Anthony Burchak in the LFA, but he took the UFC opportunity, of course. Uh, came up short, but didn't didn't look bad in that fight at all. I think it will be a competitive fight, but I think at the end, Jack Shore will uh, secure a win by a decision. Yeah, I like Jack Shore in this one, too. I think the thing that is the big difference maker is that Noelan Hernandez, when he shoots his takedowns, is very clearly shooting a takedown. When Jack Shore is shooting a takedown, Jack Shore hides it behind a couple of strikes, gets the guy to react, and then he ducks under for a single or a double, and he uses both of them really well. So I think the way that he mixes it up here keeps Noelan Hernandez guessing almost too much, and, and as a result, you're going to see Noel Hernandez on his back a bunch of times, and, and Shore is relentless looking for that finish, um, and, and while I heard you say decision, I actually like Shore here to finish him, and I think he could probably do it either way with a TKO on the mat or a submission. I'll go submission just because Hernandez is coming off that submission loss in the last fight, and, and Shore's got a bunch of rear naked chokes. I certainly think if that's the way he's going to win, uh, there's a good probability. If, if he does get the finish, which one are you thinking? Uh, then I would go with a submission, definitely. 
Yeah, I, hmm. I like a submission game, and, and it's kind of crazy to think about it. You know, there's so many you know, UK guys out there who are making their debuts. And, and we sort of have this stereotype of a UK guy who's like a boxer like Dan Hardy or, or Michael Bisping. Jack Shore certainly bucks the trend of the UK guy who only knows how to box. The, the dude's just absolutely well-rounded all over. And like you said, it's crazy to see him on the prelims this early. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it with round three. Once again, I hope you guys enjoyed all seven of these fights from me. And this was Marcel Dorr from MMA DNA. Marcel, thanks so much for taking the time and, and stopping by. Thanks for having me, man. Always a pleasure. And uh, hopefully next time again, man. Thanks.